Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello and welcome to Pop Crime, where we discuss everything from the gossip to the gavel, the latest scandals, trending legal dramas, as well as the infamous crimes and dirty deeds of the pop culture past. I'm Kiki Monique. If you follow me online, you probably know me as The Talk of Shame, your go-to source for the biggest pop culture stories and famous trials. I love to consume all the news, books, TV, movies, and other media and break down the stories so you don't have to. Every week, I'll unpack a new story in the pop culture true crime world, either something that's happening in real time or a reach back into the past. I'll even have some of your favorite creators, attorneys, journalists, other pop culture accounts, and more on the show to weigh in. 2023 did not disappoint in the celebrity scandal department, but there were some moments that pop culture historians like myself were particularly fascinated by. Today, I am joined by another pop culture historian and fellow podcaster at Betches, Ryan Bailey from So Bad It's Good, to talk about the top eight pop crime scandals of 2023. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining. I don't think there would be anyone else I would want to do a countdown with of top pop crime moments (laughs) of the year. Listen, and that's that's a good thing. I mean, that actually is very exciting to end 2023 with hearing. I'm going to add that to my LinkedIn profile. I mean, there were so many different, obviously, scandals, trials, all of these things. It was really hard to kind of consolidate my top eight. But, yeah. you know, the lens I was looking through was really another thing that popped off in 2023. And it was like, what was my Roman Empire, right? Like, there was this whole TikTok trend of, like, men seem to think about Roman Empire multiple times a week, which I still don't know <laughs> if I believe. I do not, yeah. But, you know, I was like, what were the stories that, like, kept popping up over and over throughout the year? And that was sort of the lens I was looking through when I was going through. You know, the first one was one I actually, or actually we're going to do a countdown. We're going to do, you know, eight to one. So, you know, number eight was one that I actually ended up doing a, a public service announcement about because it felt like it was getting out of hand and I didn't know if it was going to stop. It was people throwing things at celebs on stage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first time I heard about it was really with baby Rexa because she got clocked in the face and was actually really hurt. You know, she posted a picture. She had an injury to her face. I mean, that guy ended up getting arrested. But then you would think that that would be enough. But no, people seem to take that and run with it. We just saw more and more people throwing things on stage. Yeah, I mean, Harry Styles, Drake. I mean, if we want to end this whole trend, somebody needs to throw something at Taylor Swift and then it's game over because that person would lose their life. I mean, imagine a bunch of Swifties after their queen got something thrown at them. But I will say with BB Rexa, it's kind of interesting. And, you know, in terms of pop crime, it did give BB Rexa and her album at the time a little bit of attention that it kind of needed. So, you know, I feel like in 2023, we're really at this uh, tipping point of 
all all attention is good attention, good or bad. And it's really horrifying to see, but it is weird because it makes the press. Exactly. Because I actually didn't know if the trend would stop because, you know, Drake had a couple things thrown at him on stage. But one of the things he had was this like bra, this giant bra. And he kind of <laughs> picked up the bra and was like, well, whoever this belongs to, um, you know, I want to meet you basically. That woman ended up turning that into like a Playboy deal. Like she ended up joining, I think Playboys has their version of OnlyFans or whatever. And she ended up becoming, I guess, a creator on Playboy. So then when that happened, I was like, oh no, is this going to take a turn? Now people are going to think they're going to get brand deals by throwing things on stage. Well, that's how crazy 2023 is, is there's a possibility you will get a brand deal. (laughs) But I mean, that's kind of the weird place we're in. And also in terms of even your show, it's like pop crime is that... 15 years ago, we wouldn't consider crime and pop to be two things that went together, but now it is, and it seems like one big amalgamation of everything. So if somebody does something bad, like throw something at an artist, it makes entertainment news. And it is weird because it's kind of at this frightening place of how far do people go with it to get their 15 minutes. I mean, you know, someone actually threw their mom's ashes on stage at Pink. I mean, you would think, yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> well, that's probably as far as it could go, right? Can you get any further than well, that? Well, also, Pink had somebody throw like a giant wheel of cheese at her. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool, actually, if you throw like a charcuterie board of some sort. But the ashes is wild because it obviously meant something so much to that fan. But as the artist, you have to imagine they're like they need combat pay at this point. Like they're they don't know what they're going out to do anymore. Now, the two people who ended up kind of shutting it down, one I wasn't surprised by, but one I was, you know, Cardi B, she got something thrown on stage and she picked up her microphone, threw it right back. But, you know, who else shut it down? Adele. I didn't think Adele would have it in her, but she was just kind of like, I fucking dare you. <laughs> no, like I would never mess with Adele. Adele like will, uh, but also I feel like in that case, because I remember when Cardi threw the mic, there was a possibility of legal action from the person who got the mic thrown at them. And I felt that was ridiculous. Like if you do that, I mean, there's for every action, there is a reaction. And then they ended up, I believe, selling that microphone on eBay or something like that. They sold the microphone that hit that woman. Oh, wow. And I thought that was wild as well. Well, I call it self-defense. I'm always team Cardi. Yes, uh, completely. Another surprise of 2023 was, you know, Drew Barrymore, America's sweetheart, kind of got canceled for a little bit. You know, we had this huge, well, we had two huge strikes. We had the writer strike and we had the actor strike. But at the time we had the writer strike, You know, Drew Barrymore, you know, wasn't on air because they were, everybody was off. And she basically took to her Instagram to say like, hey guys, like this is sort of like bigger than me. And, you know, we made it through the pandemic and I'm going to come back. And everybody was like, no, 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 Drew. Like you do not. We don't like scabs around here. I don't think that she expected that reaction because again, she's so used to being America's sweetheart. I think she thought, you know, I can say that we're going to come back. You know, people need us. We need to bring humor and levity to the situation. Now people, you know, were kind of weirded out because they're like, well, some talk shows are on air and some aren't. You know, she did have three WGA contracted writers on her staff who were literally outside her studio picketing. So people were like, what are you doing? Were you surprised that, you know, Drew kind of went there and was going to come back on air? I, I, 
I wasn't surprised. What actually weirded me out was that if she had just waited a week and a half, this would have cleared up because the strike ended. Uh, but it but it goes to our point about the the throwing things is that all attention is still attention because the Drew Barrymore did show did come back and it is now one of the top rated daytime talk shows. So you would argue, did it really hurt? I think for people like me, I was kind of like, that is a very bad look and it does stay in the back of my mind. But it is interesting because that train keeps on moving. I just think it's a great disrespect to her writers. She's been an actor all of her life. And so for me, it was kind of a bummer that she wouldn't stand with them because once Drew Barrymore, I remember, I think it was a Friday when she released that video of like, like tearful trying to explain it to us like we'd all understand and everybody was like no Drew and then by Monday I believe she reversed course and once she reversed course all the other uh, daytime talk shows like the Jennifer Hudson show and the talk or uh, they all said okay we're not going to go either so it always takes that person like Drew Barrymore to stand up you know the person that gets the most eyeballs they have the onus of standing up for the writers, the actors, and things of that nature. I just felt like sometimes you can't take that initial bad decision back. And it'll be, I'll be curious to see where she goes in the next five years. I know. And you know what? For all people, I agree. I think it needed to be Drew because she even got Bill Maher to walk it back. I mean, Bill Maher was going to come on air. <laughs> and after he saw kind of what happened to Drew, he, even he was like, ah, you know, we're going to take our and time. Bill Maher does not give an F. Like, <laughs> exactly. that's why like, I was like, what? Like, I thought Bill Maher would be like, I'll release double episodes. I do not care. But he, yeah, he walked it back. You know, it, the hardest part about like, I won't say a cancellation, I don't know what other term to you for it, but the Drew Barrymore cancellation was that people love, you know, I love Drew. And so even having to make videos about it as we are as creators was really hard because, you know, when you have someone you consider that you really like and is your, you know, Hollywood friend, you know, you don't want to have to tell them about yourself. But you know what, being a real friend, that's what you have to do sometimes. It's like, I love you, but you're doing the wrong thing. Well, it's always sad when like my meme sensibilities get perked. I'm like, oh, I love Drew Barrymore, but this would make a really good meme of her. But it's also like Drew is so open and honest with her thoughts and feelings. And that's why she has the audience she has. And we've supported her her whole career. But that does not mean she's above reproach. It does not mean that she is correct in every avenue that she goes down. And I think that's what happens when you have a two-way street with your audience is that, and luckily Drew finally listened. So I don't know. I, you know, I have great hope for Drew Barrymore, but I do feel, I, I did feel really bad for those three writers that were on her staff because that's a really clear message you're sending to them that we're not going to stand up for you right now for the greater good. Yeah, unfortunately, those three writers decided not to come back to the Drew Barrymore show after the strike was lifted, but hopefully they've gotten new jobs and they're happy and they're doing well. And obviously, like you said, the Drew Barrymore show is doing better than before. What do the writers do? Do they tell Drew like, hey, get closer, get closer to your guest? Like, what do they write in? Because she's always <laughs> doing interviews where she's like right in their face. And I just I just hope it doesn't get to a point where like AI is writing the Drew Barrymore show. <laughs> This is true. We do yeah. not want that. We want crisscross applesauce, you holding hands with <laughs> Oprah. That's what we want. <laughs> I love reading fiction, especially gripping crime thrillers or mysteries that are impossible to put down. That means I'm finishing books fast and constantly looking for another read. When I'm trying to decide what to pick next, I know Book of the Month has my back. 
Each month, the Book of the Month provides me with amazing books to choose from. The list of books are all curated by their editorial team, so you know they'll be good. First, I go onto their app to pick a new book from their curated list of five to seven suggestions. I am really excited about the books I chose this month. My first book this month is The Return of Ellie Black by Amiko Jean. A page-turning mystery thriller follows Detective Chelsea Calhoun investigating a missing girl who reappears after two years, but she is left with more questions than answers. I also received Middle Tide by Sarah Crouch. In this debut novel, the suspicious death of a young doctor rocks a small town. Failed writer Elijah Lee finds himself fighting for his innocence when the circumstances of the doctor's death were ripped straight from the pages of his own novel. Book of the Month makes it easy to branch out into new genres and discover books you've never read. And shipping is always free. You can get your first Book of the Month for just $5 with the code PEDALS by visiting bookofthemonth.com. That's your first book of the month for just $5 with code PEDALS by visiting bookofthemonth.com. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You can choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So no big deal if you lose a button or spill something or just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. Get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code POPCRIME20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code POPCRIME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code POPCRIME20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash Betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Betches. Twenty twenty three was definitely the year of the breakup. And you and I actually just talked about this recently on an episode of Shenanigans. But yeah. like, you know, why were there so many breakups in 2023? You know, my theory, of course, is like it's a it's a leftover from the pandemic, from lockdown. You know, people who may have broken up in 2020, 2021 ended up staying together longer, uh, sometimes even getting married because, you know, the pandemic did crazy things to people. And then we just saw this kind of influx um, of a lot of breakups. Kyle Richards had the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills watch party that you were supposed to come to me come with me and you you skipped it but um you know eagle woman was there the <laughs> one who did the retreat at the yeah. malibu for dorit and um kyle actually asked her she said you know 2023 was a really hard year is there a specific reason it is 2024 gonna be better and she was saying yeah 2023 actually numerology wise if you add it up it adds up to a seven and i guess the year of seven is like a challenging year so she said going into 2024 that equals eight. And it's the year of infinite abundance. And so I think going into 2024, you know, it'll be great. But I think 2023 was challenging for a lot of people. What was interesting about some of the breakups, though, you know, some of them, I think were shocking. You know, we have the Sofia Vergara, right? And Joe, you know, they seemed like they were um, a power couple. I didn't really think that they were going to be breaking up anytime soon. Obviously, you know, Bravo World, Shannon and John Jansen, you know, Kyle and Mauricio. That was a huge one for us in Bravo World. Hugh Jackman, you know, him and his wife, Deborah Lee, had been together. Some of the breakups, though, you know, I was going through people's lists. They sort of compiled a list of all of the breakups yeah. for 2023. Some of them I don't think deserve spots on the list, though. because they Like even, Like, I was looking at, well, I mean, this was sort of the last spot. They put in... Ashley and Luke, you know, Luke from Summer House, Winter House, and Ashley from Potomac. I don't think that qualifies as a breakup. Do you? No, I mean, it qual- It was fun to hear about, but I wasn't, uh, there was no feeling at all when they broke up. And I believe, if anything, Luke has now moved on with Tasha from The Bachelor. Oh, are they still together? I, I think so. That- uh, Taylor made the, the list twice, both with Joe and Maddie Healy. <laughs> T- Taylor does everything bigger than everybody else. It truly is the year of Taylor. She will even give more breakups, better breakups than every other celebrity out there. I almost want her to break up with Travis Kelsey just so she can make the list three times. <laughs> oh, he, if, if she breaks up with Travis Kelsey... I feel like that's the end of civilization. I feel like everybody, I feel like we would not, if that happens before 2024, we'll go into 2024 just like a sullen nation going into election year. I had forgotten that Reese Witherspoon and Jim Toth had broken up. Jim Toth, yeah. That was like, you know, that one's kind of a surprise one. Some people I didn't even realize were too. That's that's inside baseball because a lot of people don't realize who Jim Toth is, that he was a powerful agent, their relationship. And also Reese Witherspoon is such a respected actor and she's actually past a certain age of paparazzi like, ooh, who is she dating now? So it was one of those ones that I felt that breakup went under the radar a little bit when that was a very big shock because – I thought that was in the bag for the rest of their lives because it just seemed like they were of a certain age. They had all been in previous relationships. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that one did surprise me. 
I, when I was going through the list, I was also hadn't remembered that Kellyanne Conway and George Conway also, I guess, split up, which, you know, you think you make it through the Trump years together. You know, your husband's <laughs> a big Democrat. He's running like, you know, sites that are, you know, anti-Trump and you're a Trump friend. If you make it through that, you would think that your marriage would survive anything. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, that, uh, what, that if I, felt, I feel so bad for that. I know. Actually, I genuinely felt bad for their daughter that whole time. And uh, I hope that I hope they both have happily enriched lives. And I, I mean, by the way, if they still have those same jobs in 2024, they're going to be added again as a divorced couple. And that will be potentially horrifying to see. Their daughter, Claudia, I will say she gave, was giving me life to my TikTok for a good minute there. I thought for sure she was going to really transition that into like a reality star role. But I mean, she kind of fizzed out, right? Well, remember, I mean, she did American Idol. I remember that. But like also fizzed out is probably the best for that age, because if she like hit like the gas and went full tilt, you would potentially whine like, you know, there was like rumblings about, oh, is she going to go on OnlyFans once she's 18? All of these things. I mean, sometimes I'm happy when it fizzes out because it means that they're potentially working on themselves and trying to have somewhat of a normal life because the last four years of her life were probably insanely hellish. This is true. Now, you know, in 2022, you know, we had a huge trial with the Johnny Depp Amber Heard. And, you know, you kind of like, what could top that? And people were really into the Gwyneth Paltrow ski trial. <laughs> I felt like that was like one of the biggest trials of 2023. I mean, basically, in 2016, Gwyneth was on a ski hill. She was on a beginner ski hill, which at first I was like, what? Gwyneth has to know to ski. She's rich. But I think she was, she was there teaching her kids. It was like she was... Uh, this was the time she was introducing her kids to her uh, now husband for the first time. She was going to teach her kids how to ski. And she ends up in a ski accident with this guy. They collided and he ended up, he initially sued her for like $3.1 million saying he had like traumatic brain injuries yeah, brain, and all yeah. of these things. And then they came back and said, look, you can only sue for like 300000 And he's like, I'll take that. And they sue. <laughs> so they end up, and it actually ends up being like a televised trial and Gwyneth wins, which I don't know. I don't know if you were, did you follow this trial? Did you watch I, it? I did. And, and weirdly enough, I just last night watched, there's like an hour long documentary on Max about this trial, which I thought was also fascinating in terms of what you do. And I do is that we now will make a documentary about anything, any kind of little pop culture moment. But yeah, what, what kind of was sad for this gentleman who did suffer some, like, you know, if it was his fault or her fault, he did suffer from this. He had, like, this relationship that broke up with, you know, you felt kind of bad for this guy, but it reminded a lot of us of, man, I miss seeing Gwyneth on my TV. Like, oh, God, she, what a star. And we all kind of took that and ran with it of, like, what's she wearing today? We turned it into a pop culture moment instead of an actual trial, which we tend to do. But yeah, I did follow that. I thought I made memes of her on the stand and everybody even it seemed was so charmed with her in the courtroom. And you really see the true power of celebrity, whether it be Johnny Depp or Gwyneth Paltrow. I mean, the case itself was a little ridiculous. And once Gwyneth got on stand, it was game over. But it just shows that if you tell if if you go up against a celebrity in 2023, you are most likely going to lose. Yeah, this is true. I mean, I think he was sort of done when there was an email that came out after the crash. He emailed his daughter saying, I'm famous, which, you know, let's be real. 
if Gwyneth Paltrow had run into me on a ski hill, I probably would have texted my group chat the same thing. Like, oh, you guys, I'm yeah. about to be on page six. <laughs> no, it would have been too him. exciting. <laughs> I'm shocked nobody threw a microphone at Gwyneth while she was on the stand. Like, that's... Now, what I would love to know, because supposedly there was also GoPro footage of this accident because he supposedly, the guy who got hit, you know, normally has it, but they never found that footage. I would love if anybody could ever uncover that. I would love that. But obviously the biggest moment of the trial was after Gwyneth wins and she walks out of the courtroom and she leans over into his ear and whispers, I wish you well. Or was it? <laughs> yeah, it was like that. It was like, yeah. And it was, it was very, I mean, it was, I mean, it was kind of in that Drew Barrymore vein of like making contact, you know, very, I mean, this is the stuff of movie stars. This yeah. is the, st- you know, and Gwyneth, you know, so Gwyneth doesn't even remember certain movies she's in. And I'm not even joking. She forgot which Spider-Man movies she was in. <laughs> so it is fascinating that she remembers anything at this point. But also, did you read like, she had like uh, during the trial, she rented this beautiful place. Was this in Aspen or wherever the it, trial yeah, was Park held? Yeah, Park City, Utah. Yeah, yeah. I remember she had rented this beautiful pad, and she was just concentrated on the trial. And that's the documentary I want to see of like Gwyneth going home with her Goop products and just a nice cup of like herbal tea, watching the snowfall as she prepares for the trial. Like it, it, that kind of just gets your imagination going when you see a celebrity in the wild or doing things that you see on court TV without celebrities. And you're like, whoa, it's so much more fun to watch it with celebrities. Yeah. Now, you know, Donald Trump, I, I just feel like we're going to hear about him. Till I don't, then. I'm not, I'm not familiar. <laughs> not familiar. You know, I think a lot of people thought that the hearings that were being conducted over the January sex, sex, January sex, January 6th insurrection was sort of going to be like the big thing, but it ended up kind of being a flop. I was like really trying to follow it. They had him sporadically. Um, but the biggest thing, I mean, we got a Donald Trump mug shot this year, and that is just like sort of the beginning of all of the court cases around him because I mean he has he's facing 91 felony counts he's like been indicted on so many different I mean there's a whole list the Atlantic did and he was found guilty of sexual assault and like awarded money for that so we can literally say that this president is a sexual assaulter because it's on record I mean I didn't think those would be the biggest cases but like are you even following can you even follow all the trials of Trump I can't I can't follow all the trials. Of course, I just saw that, you know, Rudy Giuliani got awarded in that, you know, $148 million judgment against him in terms of the election workers. And that ties in with Trump as well. And I guess in my limited understanding of politics, and and I feel like I understand nothing anymore because I really am shocked at what's happening, is that if this man gets elected again, you're not going to be able to tell me anything. You do not, like, I, we should be able to do any crime we want and be able to go about our lives because... I truly am shocked, and I think we have now blurred, and we see this in pop culture a lot, we really blurred the line of right and wrong, and I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat or whatever you are, there is certain things that are inarguably a crime. Like I, And I feel like we have, uh, that's kind of gone away, it's kind of scrubbed out of existence, and I think what Trump does very uh, brilliantly is makes you question the reality of truth and fiction. 
And he blurs that line to the point where you feel like you're going crazy because how could this possibly happen? Like you can get like convicted on this, this, and this, and this, and it still doesn't matter. There's still a good chance he will win or come close in the general election in 24. And I, I've never seen anything like it, but I think there's an element of pop culture in that as well because he's a pop culture figure. His mugshot, you could tell he practiced that mean mug. He practiced that mean. He wanted it to be a t-shirt. He wanted to be able to... I mean, this man is selling clo- the clothing he wore on that mugshot. He's selling like fabric. He's yeah. like cutting it up and selling it. I've never seen anything like it. And it feels like the most horrifying pop culture moment of 2023 that now politics has fully entered the pop culture chat. And my favorite part is when people, you know, get the, some of the Trump merch and then they show it online and it'll be like made in China. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, it's like make America great again, bring like, and it's so weird because like people get so offended when you talk about it, but like, I'm happy to talk about Biden's mistakes. I'm happy to talk about, but like, this is just wild. Like everything that he like professes to like have as his foundation, usually you can poke holes in it and it just confuses me. Uh, It's all very confusing to me. And I I feel like we're under some kind of mass... uh, Hysteria, you know, well, mass hysteria, <laughs> but mass hy- hypnosis. Like I, yeah. just, I sometimes feel like I'm going crazy because I don't necessarily understand what's happening and the rate at which it's happening. And they even said some article like, "Oh yeah, if he goes to prison, he could still be president in prison." And I'm like, "That's wild. How is that's exactly? Like, how is that that's, possible? That's and wild. It doesn't make sense." And you know, like you talked about, like yeah, what is the truth anymore? There's no truth. You know, we were talking about how we just watched that movie that Julia Roberts Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. leave the world behind. I really loved it. Some loved people, it. you know, but I'm like, you know, and what's great about it is it's produced by the Obamas, right? Like they're doing these, you know, I think they have a deal with Netflix. So I think that movie was produced by the Obamas, which, you know, anytime that happens, politicians who know things. And anytime you see these apocalyptic movies that are realistic, the first thing they say is like to destabilize government misinformation, right? And it feels like this is where we're living in. It's like, What's real? What's truth? You can say whatever you want and nobody will believe you anyways. Even if you have actual proof of it, it doesn't seem to matter. Um, but yeah, I think I all mean, politicians in this day and age, you, you know, the big lesson for every politician, not just Donald Trump, is commit to the lie. If you commit to the bit, eventually people will have to accept it and it will destabilize their own uh, morality and sense of truth and honesty. You see it with George Santos. You see it even with that Democratic guy that had like bars of gold from Egypt. I forgot what his name was. Like if you commit to the lie, you keep saying the lie, you can even get convicted. But if you keep that lie, there is still going to be right at 50% that completely believe you. Well, since you're talking about George Santos, I had kind of like, I didn't know who I wanted to put in two or three position. I was going back and forth, but you know what? I'm going to go ahead and put him in the three position. Number three, George Santos, because, you know, I did a whole episode about him um, on Pop Crime already, but I can't stop thinking about him because this was a man that I knew nothing about. And then now he has permeated my life. I mean, he just did an interview with Z-Way, which was pretty iconic, I will say. I mean, the fact that she was able to reference Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, name them in an interview with with a politician is kind of amazing. Um, But just like you said, you know, you stick with the lie. I mean, the amount of lies that George Santos has told and yet could still possibly have a political career. I mean, I don't know if he will, 
because he's been expelled. He's only the sixth yeah. person <laughs> doesn't expelled matter. in history. That doesn't yeah. matter. Exactly. Right? He could still. Well, we made him a folk. You know, we make him a folk hero. Like, he's now, like, this guy is born to do reality television. And I will say, like, the Z-Way interview, iconic. But to me, that's part of the whole problem as well. And where pop culture intersects, I think, sometimes in a negative way of, yeah, oh, my God, that's a serve. But, like. I, we all knew what we were going to get. Like, we knew that it's like Z-Way didn't uncover that this guy is batshit. That was already uncovered. Z-Way just was able to get a little shine for herself, even though she's already brilliant without that. And yeah, she had some Housewives references. But then again, we're just slowly chipping away. We make him then more of a joke. We laugh at him and oh my God, he's so funny. And he talked about RuPaul's Drag Race. But at the end of the day, he, I think, got the last laugh in that interview when she said, listen, the uh, the the moral here is don't invite you to anything. And he says, but you, but you will, you need the content. You need the wow. content. He knows. And that, to me, undercut that whole thing for me. Because at the end of the day, it's all just about clicks, driving the YouTube, driving the TikTok. And I'm happy for Z-Way that it got that kind of attention. But once again, we're just giving a megaphone to a complete liar and dining out on him like he's a reality star. And he wasn't. He was a politician that was made to like put laws into place for people, like for constituents. And I feel like that just that's just the perfect example of blurring our pop culture lines to the place where it gets dangerous. Because who's to say then Z-Way, who has this huge platform, she's going to interview Trump. Yeah. She's going to interview Trump. And remember, when Trump was on Saturday Night Live in the initial election, that did a huge thing about normalizing him. And Jimmy Fallon, when he said, hey, is that a real wig? And he's like, you can pull on it. That kind of normalizes him. It makes him this pop culture star. Trump really, you know, had such a leg up on everybody because he was a reality television star already. I watched every season of The Apprentice. Loved The Apprentice. So I think in these situations, I wouldn't be shocked if George Santos does have his own reality TV show by the end of 2024. It's so weird because in the last week, um, so I binged watched Paris in Love, you know, Paris yeah. Hilton show. Obviously, I watched Married to Medicine. And obviously, you know, in the last week, I've seen more politicians work in reality shows than I have seen them actually work in their actual jobs. And what's frightening to me is because in all of this happening, I still follow normal political, you know, accounts to find, you know, what's happening. I'm like, we're still being stripped of all these rights. So I'm like, we w so there's work being happening, but then we're, what we're watching is just people, you know, the vice president is on married to medicine. Like, yeah. yes, Kamala was on married to medicine. <laughs> like it was amazing. And it's amazing, but then I'm also just like, but what is, is there real work happening in the actual government? And if so, who's doing that? Because I feel like we're still losing a lot of like liberty, rights and liberties. And um, I'm just- Well, that's the name of the game though, right? Like all these politicians are trying to get like, how do we get TikTok viewers? It's not just us creators. It's now politicians trying to be creators under the guise of that's going to push my messaging out there. And I feel like we've unleashed this kind of beast where I don't know if you could ever put the rabbit back in the hat. And I'm curious slash scared of where we go from here. And uh, I mean, 2024 in that sense, talk about the year of the breakup. We're going into a political election year. And I uh, I hate those. Like that's, that's really not a fun year to be in because we're going to get so much messaging thrown down our throats. And it's going to be interesting in terms of pop culture of seeing the celebrities that push this messaging out, that give these people the eyes and the ears 
to uh, get their message out there. And uh, I hope everybody's ready for it because it's going to be a wild, wild 24. Well, yeah. And I hope the uh, Democrats start listening to their constituents because it might be the year of the breakup for us. Democrat lost lifelong <laughs> Democrats if they don't get it together. I'm just saying the, the Republicans I... keep getting what they want. I keep losing shit. So I don't know. <laughs> In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Look, the number two moment to me, I'm not going to like toot my own horn, but I felt like I played a large part in creating this number two or not creating this number two, but getting the messaging out about this number two, because this sort of happened like in the middle of the night and not many people noticed. And I picked up on it. Burning Man was happening. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, I follow, you know, Bronwyn from Real Housewives of OC, her mother, Dr. Deb. <laughs> I follow Dr. Deb because, you know, she she reminds me a lot of my friend Cece. A lot of people think yeah, that yeah. I'm always hanging out with Dr. Deb. And Dr. Deb has been going to Burning Man. You know, she talks about her trans, you know, she's a doctor. And that was where she had her re reformation of like who sure. she is now was at Burning Man. And she found herself there. So she goes every year. And so I'm following her. And so she pops up, you know, a story pops up, 30 seconds, and she starts saying how, you know, there had been heavy rains. Everyone knew there had been heavy rains in whatever salt bed that they were having Burning Man at. And she was saying, you know, they were stuck in the mud. And her video, she said that the National Guard had been called out. Okay. And I'm like, so I, of course, I, I'm trying to do my due diligence. I'm trying to figure out how do you find out if the National Guard's been called out? I'm trying to look online. Nobody's talking about this. And I'm like wow, I think I'm really ahead of the story. All right, I'm just going to put it out there because I'm not I'm not saying it. Somebody who is yeah. boots on the ground is saying it. Ran with that story. Burning Man 2023 became, I mean, everyone started calling it Disaster Man, Mud Man. I mean, look, I know that Burning Man, I've never wanted to go because it always looked like that to me. A bunch of people in the mud, dancing around. I was never interested in going. This year looked particularly muddy <laughs> and disastrous. And so it just sort of became, I don't know, even funnier. But then there was moments where you're like, oh, these people kind of are stuck in the desert until it dries, <laughs> till it dries out. Uh, I don't know. Did you follow the Burning Man uh, disaster? Yeah, I, I love some of the TikTok videos I was getting of everybody with trench foot. 
you know, from walking around in the mud. And it was interesting because some of the stories would be like, we got to hike five miles out. Let's go. And if you take, you know, if you take the Burning Man out of it, you're like, oh, this is dangerous. And then you realize they're at Burning Man. And then it becomes funny because Burning Man, you guys turned into this kind of, uh, you know, desert party for the elite. You know, it started off in the hands of like us commoners, but then it became elites where it was like millionaires with their campgrounds. And then they would send in teams of people to set up their camps for them. Cause you know, the, the whole philosophy of burning man is to be able to provide for oneself and give back and things of this really cool things to found something on. But as with anything good, it kind of gets taken over by the billionaire millionaire class and it turned into something completely different. And then celebrities got involved. So you would have people like Paris Hilton or Puff Daddy helicoptered in helicoptered out. And in fact, I think one of the videos, it was like Diplo and Chris Rock in the back of a van trying to escape. And I thought, this is completely what 2023 is, is a bunch of celebrities trying to escape a celebrity event in a natural disaster. Um, But yeah, it was very funny. I followed it and you're, I'm with you. I think my Burning Man days would have been a long time ago because I remember a couple times where I was on, maybe because I have a friend that swears by it, but it's always seemed like that. I'm like, wait, so you just get whipped in the face with hot sand all day and then at night it really cools off to the point and then you go around and you're trading things for things, you know, like not a lot of money is exchanged. It's like goods and services and I don't do good in those situations so I just can't imagine me trying to like buddy up with somebody for like a vodka tonic in the desert with sand like i'd get so many styes the thing that was yeah styes the thing that was like kind of annoying was because the people who were pushing out this narrative like everything's fine you know the the, people are making a big deal out of it i'm like you are the people who have the like hundred thousand dollar campers who are like living their best life with generators there are literally people who are in tents (laughs) who are like on the like you know original burning man experience where they're just like they're they thought they were gonna lay on a a dry bed of a desert um, and now they just have like a tent stuck in the mud and they're not having the best time and I know there's like a camaraderie they're like we're you know we're sharing we're doing all these things but there were people who were not having a great time and so I loved that you know some TikToks were like everything's fine and sometimes like no this is horrible I want someone to come save me but the funniest was like when there finally was an exodus right you know the exodus always takes forever because it's all people there's one road to get out um, and people are making videos and there was this one guy who I think was on more of the, the fancier side and he's like, you know, I got out of there and he's doing his video and he has like a Costco size box of gushers behind him <laughs> and it's like, oh yes, you have to escape this terrible <laughs> thing, but you got to make sure you have your giant gushers. <laughs> I mean, that's very America. That is very America. Oh my oh. God. Well, he, the number one moment that I think both you and I can agree was our Roman Empire of 2023. And I can't even believe it happened in 2023 because I feel like it's been years. Scandival. Scandival. Can you believe that that happened in the same year that we are in right now? (laughs) I mean, no, I can't. It It really truly does feel like years ago. And it is interesting because when you get fed new information every day, it just seems like it lengthens the amount of time that it's in your like cultural memory. So it mm-hmm. does feel like five years ago. And when somebody doesn't go away, like Tom Sandoval, it really even messes with that even further. Cause you're like, wait, when did it start? I don't remember yeah. when it, you know, like you could ask me right now. I don't think I remember when it started. Like what month did it start? 
Was I it think March? March was the, yeah, it was March. And, you know, so the fact that we haven't, haven't even hit a one year anniversary. And then I'm also, I'm also kind of thinking about, well, do we have a special celebration? I mean, that's weird. That's what my pop what? culture brain thinks is like, well, what are we going to do for Scandival's one year anniversary? That's where yeah, I go. Are the news going to report on it every year, like cultural events? And like <laughs> today marks the year anniversary since Scandival. Uh, where were you when Scandival took place? It feels, but also everybody probably would have some sort of story about where they were. Um, I'm also just... I don't know. Like, I'm interested to see, like, I'm almost excited for season 11 of Vanderpump Rules to be over because then we can finally catch a breath, I feel, because they went kind of immediately almost into production and we've fed, we've been fed store. Like, I want it to cool down a little bit. Yeah. I want to get back to like some kind of stasis level where we can catch our breath because we've been, and just for the health of the overall show itself, because- yeah. You know, as high as this went, it's going to come down at some point. It can't stay at this level. And the show itself, you know, this is a this is like Haley's Comet. Only happens once in a lifetime, these kind of moments. And hats off to the production because they rode that wave beautifully. They made such a great hour of television with that last episode, Scandaball. Like, really, uh, hats off. But I think we've got to temper our expectations. And also, it's interesting to see the flip side of that and just studying pop culture of... You know, we're so upset about all of this. How does it dissipate over time? Where are we with Tom Sandoval and Rachel in the future? And it's going to be interesting to see if Tom Sandoval is allowed a redemption season this quickly. Because it would be a really record time for him to have a redemption season in terms of Bravo. You know, I also think about like, you know, they then wanted to put out a bunch of other Vanderpump stuff to like kind of, you know, hitch that, what is it, hitch the star to that wagon. So yeah. it's like we have Vanderpump Villa, which, you know, we just saw the cast of that coming out. I think we have a Valley, Vander, Valley, whatever. Vanderpump the, Valley, I think, yeah, or the Valley. All or... of these things. I don't know. I kind of worry about them only because I think that, I don't know if people are like, have expectations of what they want to see and it's going to be so different than Vanderpump rules or like, or they're going to be exhausted from the whole Vanderpump multiverse and they're going to be like, I I don't know. What do you think? Are you excited about these new franchises or these spinoffs? You know, I mean, I don't, I'm not excited about adding any more TV to my schedule at this point, (laughs) but I will like, you know, we don't, as an audience, we sometimes don't know what we want to see until we see it. And then it becomes crystal clear immediately. And I think of this of all shows, if you do a good show, if there are good storylines, then magic can happen, but you can't force it. And a lot of things, including Vanderpump Rules, didn't take off really until like the end of the second, third season. And so, you know you have to give shows time to blossom. You see this a little bit with Southern Hospitality on Bravo right now. It's in its second season. I think it's still getting kind of minimal ratings, but I think they're investing in these kids that things are going to pop off in a really big way. And you have to invest in stories But I think it is hard because you'll get initial eyes on all of these shows. Like, it's just like Rachel Levis's podcast. You'll get that initial big download, but it's about providing a good enough experience for the viewer that we want to keep coming back. Because, you know, if you attach your your wagon to Vanderpump, you're going to get that initial heat. It's just you got to be good in the long run. Good will always win out. Good will always win out. I don't know if I agree with that, but... I like yeah, the wait, sentiment. Wait. I do. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I, guys. I completely don't agree with what I just said. You're right. I, I'm so sorry to end it this way, but I, I'm full of shit, you guys. I, you're totally right. I don't even know. I guess Goodwill, you'll eventually realize it's good years late. I don't know. I just like watching good things more. 
Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I do want us. I, now that I mean, now that I've put it in my own head, Inception, I kind of do want us to have something special for our Scandal anniversary uh, next year. So I'm gonna. Oh my be, God. We should. You know what we should do? We should. Uh, yeah. There should be like lightning bolt themes. Yeah. It should be at. Uh, you know what? If you were ballsy enough, you should like rent out Schwartz and Sandys. Why not? They need the money. I'm sure. Yeah, but one of the things is you don't you you require that the toms can't be there. Oh, okay. and uh, you could you could actually just have like a montage of clips from the season on the TVs. That's a really great idea. Treat it almost like a prom. I love it. We're gonna do it, Ryan. Thank you so much for counting down the top eight pop crime scandals of 2023. Where can people find you? Well, you can find me on the Betches Network. Uh, I am also on the the, the Betches Media Network. Uh, so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. We do shows four to five times a week. Also on Instagram, so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey, and we have a Patreon as well. So there is plenty of me to check out. But always just check out the guests. Check out what I'm talking about. You don't need to listen to everything. I love it if you do. But there is something for everybody in there. We cover it all. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. Pop Crime is produced by Sean Kilby, Shannon Sassone, and me, Kiki Monique. Editing by Shannon Sassone. Guest booking by Ali Freelander. And be sure to follow me at The Talk of Shame on TikTok and Instagram. And send your emails to podcast at betches.com. Betches.